On today's podcast, we talk about nervous dogs, dealing with parents who don't listen, aggression towards humans, future plans, and a good Maddie update, and much more. Hope you guys enjoy. What's going on, Pack? We are back with the Ask the Pack Leader Show here in Hoboken, October 2, 2019, getting ready. We're ready to go. We're back in action here. We've been gone for quite some time, for sure, if we go back and look at the last YouTube podcast. Uh, it's been some time, but we wanted to talk about why we've been gone, what's been going on with Maddie, what our future plans are, uh, and then we'll get to a bunch of questions that you guys uh, have asked me. We got a huge volume. So I posted on Instagram, fuck, when was that? It's probably like two weeks ago, and asked me anything. And I was like overwhelmed with the amount of volume of questions that came in. There were so many that came in. And as we're learning things and figuring out all these media platforms, I figured, I saw that after 24 hours, which is when a story lives, after 24 hours, that story disappeared. So all the questions that people asked, I answered as many as I could. I probably answered like 20, 30 questions or something like that. But as soon as I answered all those questions, uh, all those questions, I didn't get a chance to get to the rest of them and they all disappeared. So if you asked me a question originally, it was the one I think I was wearing the wetsuit in the pool when I was doing some swimming training, just a picture. When I, if you ask me a question there and it wasn't answered, I'll, there's a story today that's on there, but if you're watching this a day later, it might not be there. So anytime you see me ask a question uh, on Instagram that says, ask me anything or uh, you know, give, me a, give me feedback, give me a question, that would be the time to write in there and we're gonna do a better job of storing all those, realizing that they're all, all gonna leave and go somewhere else. So that's the best place to ask questions. So I'm either going to answer the questions on the Instagram stories or I will answer them live here on the podcast. And we may find other ways. Maybe we even do something where um, we were thinking about this idea too and someone asks a question and it's like more of a loaded question, like a deeper question. Maybe we can do an Instagram live with that actual person and go through it and do like a video call type situation. So you guys can also see kind of how I do a video call and the questions I'm asking, how am I assessing the situation? There's a lot of intelligence gathering during this, during like the, the video call. Then we start coming up with some strategy things and then we start finding out like more about the human and what they're going through, what they're dealing with. And then come up with the full blueprint of like what we're gonna do until we talk the next time. So that's another good one that we can do. So what we decided, Adam and I, was we talked about this recently and I, you might have been hearing me talk about this 66 day thing recently. So there was a study that the University of London, I think it's University of London, did um, where they, they basically described that doing something for 66 straight days, that after 66 straight days on the 67th day, you, it actually becomes easier to do the new experience or habit, whatever you want to call it, after 66 days than it is to not do it. So I said, well, something I've been dying to do is like go like hard on the podcast and like get this information to people. And I enjoy doing it. I enjoy talking to everybody. So I said, all right, let's, why don't we do for our 66 day thing? Let's do it for the podcast. I've been doing it, but I haven't been doing it fully. That's the problem. And that's why it's not totally like working or, or landing perfectly or sticking of waking up at 5 a.m. So I've been getting up at 5 a.m. Well, actually 4.58 a.m. And I'll tell you why. But I've been getting up at 5 a.m. almost every day, but it's not every day. So I'm Because what happens is I'm not totally committed to it. So my belief and feeling is not totally there and I'm in more of the how-to. So my belief wasn't totally there that I'm going to do it every day. I'm like, yeah, I'll get up at 5 a.m. like almost every day, which is exactly that my belief. So that's exactly what's happening. 
and I haven't t totally committed to it. So what happens then sometimes at night, I'm staying up way later than I should, or I, you know, I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say yes to an event that I probably shouldn't say yes to late at night and stuff like that. But that's my old subconscious being like, yeah, just go do that. Cause that's off of what the new self Steve wants to be. The old self stays up late, gets up late. That's what I used to do years and years and years ago. But now I'm saying I'm gonna get up at 5 a.m., really 4.58, and why do I pick 4.58? So I, said, I, I saw this whole thing going around about a 5 a.m. club and like all these people who are hyper performers and getting up early before the sun rises and getting up before everybody else. So I said, cool, instead of me just getting up at 5 a.m. being with all you guys in the 5 a.m. club, I'll get up at 4.58, two minutes earlier than everybody, so I'm ahead of even them. Two minute advantage, but think about two minutes over 365 days in a year. It's a lot of minutes that I'm getting extra even over the 5 a.m. club people. So that's why I'm doing that thing. Um, but yeah, so 66 days, you're gonna be seeing this. I'm putting this on camera to hold myself accountable. Because if I didn't say that and we kept this behind the scenes, you guys would have just never known and there would have been a day or two we skipped and you know, it would have been never known and I wouldn't have been able to hold myself accountable. So I'm putting it on camera for the record, 66 straight days. To the point where I actually said to Adam yesterday, I said, even if there's a day that I'm in like, I'm feeling horribly sick, I'll come on here for two minutes and say, hey guys, I'm still committed to the podcast, but I'm feeling like shit and, and I hope you guys are doing better, but I'm just not able to do a full podcast today, but I'll answer one question really quickly and then move and go, on and go back. So no matter what, I'm gonna do these 66 days. I'm gonna not let my subconscious mind like, because the subconscious mind, what it's gonna do, it's running a program that's happened from years and years ago that we learned in our childhood. And the more we do things and the more that we absorb that information from zero to seven years, that's the program we run for our life basically. So my subconscious mind is gonna be telling me, let's just say for the early morning thing, stay in, it's a long day, you got a lot of training, you gotta film a podcast, you know, it's gonna be, you're tired, you're working too hard, blah, blah, blah. That's all the bullshit that your subconscious mind is trying to create and, and feed you with, which is really the body telling the mind, this is how we're gonna run things because this is the way we've done it forever. It's like a business who says, we've been doing things this way for so long that we're gonna just gonna keep doing it this way. It's the way it's always been done, but there's no growth in that shit. And then businesses who do that, by the way, fail. That's why 90% 90, 90 of businesses are failing. So it's always being able to adapt and create and grow, 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 right? So um, every time that I notice my mind going into that, I do my best job to stop that shit right away and say, nope, we are not doing that. That's the old Steve, that's the old way we did things. The new way is we are getting up at this time because the new Steve, the new self is going to behave this way. This is what the hyper performer uh, behaves like and does. So that's why we're doing it and I'm pretty pumped. That's why I'm doing this for the 66 days. I'm gonna put it in action and it's one that I tell people like it takes, you know, 21, 21, really to, 20, to like three to four weeks to create a new habit and behavior and have it actually stick. But the 66 day thing was super intriguing to me because it actually said that, <clears throat> okay, you can create that habit, but it doesn't actually stick for that long of a period. So then in 66 days, they say that that habit actually becomes easier. So it's actually easier to get up at 4.58 than it is to get up at 7 a.m after 66 days, if I've done it every single day for 66 days. So I'm putting it to the test right now. I'm gonna do this, and what better way than through the podcast to talk to you guys and answer all these questions and spend some time doing something that I like and gives me happiness, like makes total sense to me. So here we are. All right, so podcast, that's what we're doing with that. You guys will also see in the podcast that we are 
going to put all the links to all of our social media accounts. We just added an account on TikTok, which is a new, web, a new platform. With all the social media stuff, to me, it doesn't matter what the platform is. I just want to see where most people are and more of our pack is, and that's where we put the content. The actual podcast will live on basically anyone who will take it, right? So it's going to be on the iTunes. It's going to be on Google Play, Spotify. I don't know, whatever. the Google Podcasts, I'm sorry. Spotify. And pretty much anywhere that takes uh, podcasts, we're going to put the, the audio of that stuff on there. Um, also on the, on our podcast, we're going to have clips and audio of some interviews I do, some sessions that I do, me ranting about something. So audio is just something that's super fascinating to me because it's something that people can do, you know, driving to work or on the bus to work or taking a dog for a walk. You stick your earphones in, you can listen to something. You don't have to actually sit there and watch a video. So that's why we're doing the audio part. So you guys can hear it and do other things while you know, you're vacuuming the house or if I'm sweeping the floor when Adam tells me I have to sleep the floor, then I'll do that shit and I'll put the audio in and I can listen to other people's podcasts. I do it so I know it's good for you guys to have that. So you'll see all the links in there and descriptions of what the, each podcast is. We're gonna try to make each podcast since we're gonna do such a high volume, make it very clear that it's like episode this and in the, it'll say, you know, uh, like today we're gonna talk about dealing with people who think they know more about dogs when they don't. We're gonna talk about a Dotson who bites, uh, bites friends when they come over. We're gonna talk about a very reactive dog when the husband is around. So you'll see like reactivity towards husband, blah, blah, blah. And then so you guys will know what it is. So we can do that, by the way. In the, in the description, we'll put the Ask the Pack Leader, the episode, and then the uh, like some of like the, like really quick, like what, uh, summary of what we're going to talk about, so people can say, "Oh, my dog has separations. I, I want to. I want to click on that episode." You know, so that's I think the best way to do it. We're going to be doing way more how-to videos. I hope you guys like that slip lead video I did raw with the dog Luna who came in. It turned out I think pretty good. So you guys can see just basically with a sensitive dog how we do it, and I'll keep doing that with all different dogs, so you guys can see all different dogs. All right, part two. I'm have my little notes here too. So part two, the thing because I'll forget. I'll get on. That's one of the things you guys always talk about is I get on like off on things and I ramble. I just, I'm so fired up about this shit that I'm learning, I'm doing my best to bring this back in. So I'm growing too, you know what I mean? I'm not an expert podcast fucking interview per, I don't know. I'm just doing what, what works for me and I'm getting better at it every day. So if you know you put like uh, uh, Howard Stern or like David Letterman, all these people who have been interviewing people for years here or doing this stuff for a very long time, they're gonna be better, but I'm not focused on them, that's not me. I'm focused on myself and growing myself. So I'm learning how to do this and stay on track. So I'm gonna stay on track and that's why I have notes, I'm growing. So the second part is that I wanna talk about is why we've been gone. So a lot of things happening. So one thing is that, I'm just gonna announce it here, it has not totally official yet, but we're going to be moving, not really moving, we're actually adding on to our Hoboken location an eight acre ranch that's about 45 minutes outside of Hoboken, potentially even more because we're looking at some more acres around the property. Um, but we're gonna be able to have a ranch out here. It's gonna be the first ever dog psychology center on the East Coast, which I'm so fucking pumped about. I've been basically devoting so much time to this to make sure that this goes through because the property, as soon as I saw it, like now that we've actually agreed on the price, I saw it right away and I was like, wow, this is the place. This is perfect. It feels so right. Like everything was feeling like this is where we're supposed to be. So we should be closing on that in the next few weeks. And we'll, when we go up there, maybe we can do like an Instagram live when we're up there and just do a little tour of it, the property super raw before we've done anything to it. But 
we're gonna carve out some really nice long trails through the through nature like there's trees and everything it's amazing out there the air is just beautiful it's like you can notice the air as soon as you get there it's like so clear and full of oxygen with all the trees and everything there we're gonna put big outdoor dog parks agility parks we're gonna build buildings there where we'll have like they're custom made to the way we do things with dogs and the way we keep dogs calm and I have so much cool shit we're gonna do there. I'm like so excited and I hope you guys are excited for it. It's gonna be amazing. So that's where we're, that's the next step. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted on how that's going. But as of now, everything's going to plan. It's with a mortgage and permits and all this crap, it's just, you know, it's paperwork stuff. So anything can, can throw a curveball at this whole situation. But as of now, things are going well. So hopefully we'll have that. Um, next was the, the Maddie update. Maddie's doing great. She had her leg amputated. Damn, when was that? I don't even know how long ago that was. I'm so like off on time and stuff. But she's had that. It was definitely in the summer, early in the early, almost like spring summer. So she had her her back leg amputated. She's going through osteosarcoma, which is a bone cancer thing. the The tumor in her back leg uh, got big enough where it actually caused a pathological fracture in her leg. So we had to have her leg amputated. And the vets actually were kind of, their recommendation was to put her down at that point. And I was just like, so that's not, an, maybe that's an option for you, but that's not for me right now because her energy is like, wants to be alive. So anything that I, I made it very clear to the vets that anything that I'm doing for Maddie is not about like what's best for me. It's what's best for the dog. So a, a perfect example of that was when she got her leg amputated, they said, yeah, you can come and visit her. So the the emotional and selfish side of me wanted to go, Cassie and I wanted to go visit Maddie. We were like, let's go see her. We should go see her. I miss her so much, blah, blah, blah. I hope she's doing good. But the instinctual, logical side of me said, but that's not really, and selfless side of me. So that's not the best for Maddie because what, they're, what are they gonna do? We're gonna get there. She's going through a recovery. They're gonna have to get her all ready to come out of her kennel while she's resting come see us, give her this false sense of that she's coming home with us and now go back to your kennel, which is gonna stress her out more. So I said, you know what? Even though we wanna go, let's leave her there. And it ended up that we got to take her home much earlier because she recovered way quicker than expected. So she's doing good. Uh, she actually has another mass on her front leg that we're monitoring. It's a little sore for her. Um, but she's on medications and we're doing a lot of holistic stuff, vitamin C, IV therapy. She's on CBD and all like a ton of these holistic, um, like, I don't know, whatever herbs and all this stuff. Cassie knows this stuff better than I am because she's dealing with the feeding. She's on a specific cancer diet from Darwin's dogs, which has been great. Um, but she's doing really well and we're monitoring the situation, but like physically she's doing pretty good psychologically doing amazing. She's like herself, she's running around. Like the biggest thing we have to do is keep her calm in those scenarios. So that's the hardest thing that we have to do is keep her chilled out. Cause she went from being a very active dog for almost eight years to kind of like just chilling around and being like a, a house dog a little bit and not getting that much. So it's hard for her. So we keep her mind engaged, search and rescue. We play ball, we hide things with her. And she's always out with the staff in and out and in and out. So she's seeing a million people and dogs. So she still feels like she's in it. And it's funny, actually at times I'll bring in like a dog who's like really has no issues and I'll, I'll, I'll almost pretend like she's working again. So I'll call her over and see, let her evaluate the dog and see how the dog's doing. So it keeps her mind like she's actually working even though it's a dog we're not really working with. She gets to feel like she's actually working which keeps her mind engaged and moving forward and gives her purpose. And I think that when people have purpose in their life, then it just teaches the body that we need to live longer to fulfill this purpose in our lives where 
you know, again, what like people get a, a, a diagnosis, which is like Maddie got a diagnosis, you have bone cancer. And then the prognosis was she's going to live for three months. Okay. That's what you think, right? From a, from a scientific uh, academia way, but from an energetic way, I don't believe that, that she's going to live for three months. I believe she's actually going to live much longer than that. And we've proven it. We're almost a year in now. Yeah, it's October. We, she got diagnosed in October. It was, it was right around this time last year where she got diagnosed. So the prognosis was this, but I don't just... Well, I think what happens with most people get a disease, they, they get the prognosis of you have, you know, you have cancer, you have six months to live and they just fucking throw it up in the air and say, okay, person in a white coat told me that. So I'm giving up and I'm going to start, I have no purpose. I have to do all these things before I die. And I think it actually teaches the body to start preparing for death, to be honest. Cause I don't think that humans like including like super high level people in science understand how powerful the human mind is and what it can actually do. There's a documentary that came out called Heal, which I highly recommend you guys take a look at. I actually spoke to the girl, Kelly, who made the documentary. And it's all about how the mind, how we can, we can, how the mind can also create disease in the body and then it can also heal the body. So just through the mind, that's a possibility to do. And I've been doing a lot of other things and keep, I'm, I'm constantly making myself a test on me to see like, if I try this, will this help people? If I take cold showers, is that helping me? If I meditate every day, does that help me? If I, you know, uh, have tried this this programming, sleep programming, and put something on my ears at night before I go to bed, does that help? Like, um, th- let me talk to a hypnotherapist. Let's see what they do. Let's. See. I'm just testing everything with an open mind, and I find so many people are, are closed-minded and are just like, this is the way it is. This is the way it's done, and that's. I'm not interested in any of that stuff. But that's usually insecurity or ego speaking, which is never growth. Uh and the last thing here would be where to, where and how to ask the questions. So we kind of went over that, but the questions I would, oh, the, the questions for that I would definitely be answering would be the ones when you see in our Instagram stories. That's the best place to ask questions. You can ask questions totally in the comments of posts or even in the comments of the podcast would actually be pretty good too. So if you only have YouTube and you don't have Instagram, feel free to ask questions within the actual YouTube and we'll get to those too. What else? Do we have anything else on? The uh, cleaning up after not being on here for fucking way too long. I don't think that, I think that's it, right? What shirt are you wearing? Oh yeah, this is a shirt we designed. Everyone like, I mean, it's funny. You guys are hilarious. You, you guys get me going. It's like, I'll do a post or like talk shit about dog psychology for like, like super valuable information. And of course, you guys give me the like nice feedback or sometimes I'm, it was unclear. I like feedback on both sides, by the way. It's like, the, the people who are giving me like, you are the greatest next coming of Jesus like things or the people who tell me I suck and I don't know anything and I have no experience and no science. Like those, I just kind of, I equally like don't really pay that much attention to them. I, I, this one, I definitely don't pay any attention to. This one, I have gratitude for the, for the people who are being kind and spreading positivity. And I thank so much for that. And, but I'm more focused on where in the middle of like, hey, I have a question about this, or this was really interesting. Um, could you speak more about this? Or I was confused about this, and what about this? Like, those, or I'm not really enjoying, you're rambling too much. Like, those are the really good ones for me, positive and negative feedback to get. Um, but there we'll go again, rambling, and now I forgot what the hell I was saying. What was I saying right before that? I asked you about your shirt. Oh, the shirt, yeah, so this shirt. So what I was saying is it's so funny, like I'll give you guys like a ton of like good stuff and so dog psychology, but then I'll post a photo, uh, like a, 
a picture of Maddie holding the ball in her nose and it's like everyone's like this is the greatest thing ever so I was like since everybody loves her and she's such a inspiring story and she's why this whole thing started and what got me out of my lowest point in my life she held so much value and 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 she's such a good representative of who we are and, and what we believe in that we said let's stick her on the shirt in place of the PL and put her stencil on there so I had a, uh, somebody do a nice really like a really nice stencil drawing of her we put it on the shirt and since I've been wearing the shirt so many people are asking can I have one of those shirts I mean it's unbelievable the amount of people who want that shirt so we're gonna actually get these shirts printed and put them up for sale like in the very near future and the money that we make from this will go towards Maddie's uh, cancer treatment and we'll go towards the, the rescue that we will be forming in the future. And we're going to do one that focuses on a rescue that focuses not so much on the adoption rate. Because everyone talks, all these rescues and shelters, they talk about the, oh, we adopted 14 dogs this month. But then they don't tell you that 10 came back. And that's the part that I want to focus on is the dogs being returned. And the reason it's, it's a flawed mentality, it's like, let's just get these dogs and stick them out there and as fast as we can. But I think if we took some time and took a step back... And we actually came up with a really good protocol for people to have the proper compatibility with a dog and then also know exactly what they should do when bringing a rescue dog home and then have resources, like whether it's through us or wherever, of what they should be doing when these problems arise. That'll keep the problems down. And then letting people understand how their energy is going to really affect how the outcome of what the relationship is with their dog. So that's the fun stuff and there's a lot of shit coming with that too so that's my end goal like I don't think I've ever really like explained that too like what my end goal is in life maybe I could do that I'm gonna do that really quick we'll get to the questions I promise it's funny like Adam was like hey we might only have 50 minutes for this thing and like a normal person would be like 50 minutes that's plenty of time but I was like because of the memory card and then he told me like oh we have like an hour 40 now and I was like oh good but I shouldn't let's try to keep it concise all right so my real goal is to really in summary, make the world a better place for dogs and humans. And then in the byproduct of that will be all animals, right? So if I can, through dog psychology, what I've found to be the case through my clients is clients who, let's just say, oh, I'll just give an example, who have anxiety. I have a client who has tons of anxiety. This is no specific person, just a client. Has tons of anxiety. And sure enough, the dog is very excited or has anxiety, right? So... A lot of people will not take the time to work on their own anxiety because they don't want to look at themselves. They don't want to go into dealing with what's blocking them and all that stuff. But what they will do it for is their dog, which is super fascinating to me that someone will do it for an animal, but not for themselves. So I started saying, well, if people can then learn how to lead a dog, which is teaching calmness and confidence, how to love, how to have happiness, setting intention, uh, attaching an emotionally charged feeling to that intention, following through, uh, positivity, trust, respect, love. Like those are such amazing qualities that dogs teach us. So if we can learn those through the dog, the byproduct is indirectly, we're not even realizing that we're, that the human, the human's not even realizing that they're actually growing themselves tremendously. And then they're learning what to do. And then by applying all this stuff with the dog, all right, here comes a dog coming. Usually I get freak out but that's not the only place they freak out. They freak out in other areas, but this is now an opportunity to practice not freaking out because of a stimulus, and then I can stay calm, and, and that's the practice, and that's the work, and it takes time, sometimes days, months, weeks, years, you know what I mean, to actually have the full growth or reach, reach your full potential, but 
sometimes people have an expectation of I want to grow and be the best like by tomorrow, but that's not reality. So they try for a day or two, maybe a week. Like we had a client and if you know who you are, I'm not talking shit about you, but I said, you know, someone who was dealing with some anxiety and stuff like that. And she said, yeah, I've been trying meditating. I tried it for five days and it didn't work. So that's why I'm talking about this 66 day thing. So I told her, well, now you got 66 days to do it. And the beginning will be the destruction phase where you're like destroying this old habit. Then it's going to be messy and there's going to be days where I don't want to do this shit or oh, I'm tired and I re- it's not working. That's the one where the willpower, which is your conscious mind, will observe the subconscious doing bullshit and override that. That's your mind overriding your body and the habits of the body. And then after that, it starts becoming the real practice and repetitions of hammering that thing home. And then after 66 days, that shit is in there. And then it becomes much easier to meditate every day. And then now you do that with another thing in your life. Well, I want to start getting up early. Bam, 66 days of that. Now I want to start eating much healthier. Boom, 66 days of that. I found that to be the people who are the most hyper successful people are the ones doing that. It's almost like you're downloading a program that you need. You make sure it's, there's no viruses in it. There's going to be the connection speed goes off or it gets slow or it gets disconnected, but you don't give up and you follow it all the way through. And then bam, I got that downloaded. Great. And now I'm just managing it to make sure it's still there. It's easy at that point. And then you do the next one and the next one and the next one. So I'll, I'll, we'll post some more stuff about that 66 days and like all that stuff and 30 days and habits. It's, it's a bunch of human psychology stuff and studies that have been done, but I think it's fascinating. Um, that's it, right? So t-shirts will be for sale. Oh, and the slip leads. So, so many people are asking about slip leads. I don't know if we have a question on that shit, but I saw one question about the slip lead. And every time I post anything on slip lead, people say, where can I get a slip lead? Awesome news, I finally, after years upon years upon years of dealing with rope manufacturers, people with, uh, what do you even call them? Like the, the actual pieces to a leash, I don't even know. The hardware to the leashes, what, what I want, the length, the feeling of the leash, like just the, the diameter, all these stuff. There was, I, I, I couldn't believe how hard it was to find someone in America, in China even. I was like messing with China internationally. We had people going like, you know, sending us tons of stuff and sending, uh, like people were working with all these, like, you know, different prototypes and models and just nothing I felt was, was good enough for, for us and for you guys. So luckily as of now, I've found somebody who I think we might have a winner out of a rope and I'm actually going to probably grab like a few hundred leashes and just do a limited like trial thing with you guys. And I'll do it for a, like a much cheaper cost than we'll end up actually selling a leash for and see what you guys think so we can get some good feedback from you guys. So I'll give it at a rate, like basically what we get it for and see how you guys like the leash. And we'll get the feedback. If it all goes well, then we'll just continue to improve that leash and then we'll all have an amazing slip lead. So I don't want to sell you guys shit to be honest, but I got to be able to survive here too. (laughs) So I've taken so much time and I want to do whatever. I'm doing things that you guys are asking me. So people are asking, we want these shirts. We want these shirts. We want these shirts. Good. I'll give you the shirts. We want leashes. We want leashes. We want leashes. If you want other things, tell me, and we'll make it happen. Like, as I mean, don't be don't be ridiculous, but <laughs> tell me what you guys want, and we'll make it happen. I have access to a lot of cool people in this dog world from doing this for so long, who can really like we can come up with some really cool stuff for everybody. So, whatever you guys need or you think would make things better, another thing I want to do is come up with like a few guides for people. And anyway, there's so much stuff that has to go down. It's just there's only so many hours in a day while we're also. You know, it's, it's mind boggling to me when I see people who aren't even in business, who are just like kind of own a dog, just doing like a, you know, they have, they walk a couple dogs a day and they, they tell me, oh, I don't know how you like, 
you do so much media. That's amazing. It's like, we're, I'm running a, a full time business, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, this isn't even like a Monday through Friday, nine to five. This shit is every day from morning till night. I mean, and through the night because I have dogs who stay with us. So this is 24 hours a day and we're still making this stuff happen. So it's another way for me to like break all the bullshit thoughts of people who say like, oh, I don't have enough time and blah, blah, blah. How the fuck do I have enough time to do this? I really shouldn't have enough time to do this, but we figure it out and make it happen. Why? Because the belief is we are going to do the podcast now and it's definitely going to happen no matter what gets in our way. He's nodding his head, by the way, while I'm saying this. And then the execution of how we're going to do it, it might be a little messy. Today was messy. We started an hour and a half after because we had to set up the whole room. We haven't done this in a while. We had to get the audio correct. The dogs came back and they were making a lot of noise. We had to like tell people to just be a little bit more quiet. But the reality is, this is a real life situation of dogs in and out. And this is how it goes. I want to be authentic and show you guys, listen, we're filming this podcast in my second bedroom of my house. It's a two bedroom house. This is where we're filming it. This, this room has dog kennels in it, it has treadmills in it, it has a bike in it, it has gear in it, it has Adam edits in here, there's, you know, where we have meetings in here, we're doing a million things in one place, so we're making the most of what we have instead of making excuses of why we can't do a podcast. Just make it happen, we just gotta fucking do it. Why? Because the belief is there, execution becomes easy once the belief is like, boom, hammered down. So, all right, next, let's go to the questions, I guess, right? Another thing I'm gonna try to start doing is having guests on. We're gonna start bringing guests on. So if you guys have recommendations on who you want me to have and interview and talk with, my plan is to have, I wanna be able to bring on some celebrities that we work with, some professional athletes, influencers, dog trainers, vets, psychologists. Like I wanna do, like make the, the, the pack, Ask the Pack Leader show, like ask the pack leaders of industries within stuff. Like I just bring on the most, you know, successful people really who are, what, what are they doing differently than the average person doing? And it's not because like that average, the average person is worse than these people. It's just that these people are figuring out what needs to be done. We're all the same. These people are figuring out what needs to be done to find happiness, to find success, to find calmness, to find confidence, you know? So that's what we'll be doing in the future. Okay, let me take a sip of my Coke. No, this is coffee. Just Coca-Cola, feel free to sponsor us, our, our, our new rescue that we're gonna make. You're allowed. All right. So I have a few questions here. So number one from 2X underscore CK. How do I get my eight-year-old Dotson to not bite when friends come over? And a very, and a very scary face she puts on that with exclamation points. So all right, th- th- this is super common. Like dogs coming over and it's like, what, what is, we have to find out what the issue is and where it's coming from. So the outcome of the situation is aggression towards a human, right? So that aggression is not the problem that you have, it's the outcome of the problem. So, so many people say, I have an aggressive dog. It's really that the aggression is the outcome of this problem that's happening down here. So is your dog, we have to find out, is your dog nervous? Is your dog being, is your dog overexcited and doesn't know what to do with all that excitement and just goes after? Is your dog being territorial of the home? Is your dog being territorial of you? Does this happen without you being home? What does a dog do when it's outside the home? There's many things we have to figure out what it is, but the most com- I'll just give you what the most common is since I don't have more context. And even in the future, these are this is like the type of one which would be good to like do the, the Instagram live video thing because we can actually like dig deeper and find out. And the thing is, is like what most trainers will tell you here is like, come in and have your guests start throwing food. And I would tell you like, definitely don't do that shit, in my opinion, 
because the dog's already in an in a, in a unhealthy state. And then if you're throwing food at it, the theory is that dogs love food. So then that person's related to loving food. Well, if you understand positive reinforcement, you're actually giving positive reinforcement to that behavior of lunging and going crazy at dogs. I mean, I'm sorry, at humans coming in the house. So I don't think that's the best approach. I think it's more of a a relationship issue that you're having with this Dotson. And I think I would be assessing like, how much time is this dog spending in your intimate space? Uh, One thing I would definitely recommend is doing some duration work or stationing drills, meaning you have a fixed thing that has a boundary. Like let's just say it's a dog bed or, or like a platform bed and start practicing a place command where you send the dog to their bed and have them stay there for a certain amount of time. Those are, those are very good for structure and stuff like that. Uh, I would be seeing, are you nurturing nervousness? Are you petting the dog when he's nervous and trying to calm him in a human way, but to a dog is actually increasing the nervousness and increasing the excitement? Because what, what likely it is that you have is nervousness and security along with excitement and the dog believing that it's leading. So it's saying, I'll handle the front door situation. So what needs to happen is you have to be able to block the fight state of moving forward. Uh, Then you have to be able to build confidence through that dog. And then separate from there, be able to prove to your dog that you can lead them. So that's like things with the walk, things in the home, making them wait for food, uh, just overall structure in the house. So I I hope that made sense. I mean, oh, so what I would do specifically for this is those are the things I would do separately. I'd be focusing on, on everything else. So what people usually focus on is say, hey, I have an issue with this particular thing and it's usually the worst thing they're dealing with, right? So the worst thing this person's likely dealing with is the dog lunging at people at the front door. How do I deal with that? So that would be the same thing as saying like, um, I'm trying to give a good analogy to this, like, like, hey, when I step on the scale, I'm way overweight. What can I do about that? It's like, well, that's just a scale. So what's happening all before then? Are you exercising? Are you eating properly? Have you found out what foods are sensitive for you? Have you seen a doctor to rule out medical conditions? So there's a lot of things that need to happen before that to to this real end and the outcome of the dog being calm and being accepting of people coming into the house. So I would be assessing all that stuff, never nurturing excitement, uh, nurturing calmness, petting calmness in moderation if you have a relationship issue. Uh, Another thing which would be muzzle conditioning for sure, teaching the dog muzzle. The muzzle will not only prevent the bite, but by preventing a bite, it'll change your energy about it because you won't have the concern of, is my Datsun gonna bite this person when I have them near the door or near them? So that'll actually change your energy to feel more confident because you know that the outcome of a big bite or, or injury is gone now. So it's like, we can, you know, let's push this a little bit. Like, hey, no. So it's gonna make you feel better. Leash for sure, so you have access to the dog. So if she or he starts to run to the door to lunge, you stay there, block it, bring the dog back and let them go through their whole thing and then settle all the way down. Then you may not even introduce them to the person, but if they calm all the way down, you can teach them how to smell the person. And that can change in the moment. It could mean that the dog smells the person and says, I don't know this person, so I'm gonna go after them. But that's an opportunity within that mistake and plus you have the muzzle to block a bite to correct and say no, and not change your energy to panic, excitement. And that's when we get into the reaction to the reaction. A lot of people, you know, the dog goes crazy and then they join in unknowingly. So the dog's losing their mind and they say, stop, no, come here, sit down, sit down, relax, it's okay, no, no. But the dog is the one who's the one who's, who created all that excitement and the human joined in in excitement and is trying to, calm the, trying to calm a dog down through excitement, which doesn't work. So to be able to calm a dog down, you have to, or influence the dog, you have to have leadership and you have to be in a calm state. To, to achieve calmness and something else, you have to be calm yourself. 
So from not knowing the full details, those are things I would do is definitely muzzle, definitely put a leash, uh, increase exercise, structured exercise dramatically to get rid of all this unwanted energy. You gotta have practice experiences of friends and family coming over who will help you with this stuff. And the whole goal of that experience in those moments is to actually help the dog get through that experience. Um, yeah, that's really it. And maybe we can do one in more in depth on it. Cause there's so many people, I get so many messages like that, but they can be from very different things. I'm like, is it a dog who's super territorial of the house and you take it out of the house? There's no issues. Is it based on the owner? Is it based on insecurity? Like we have to find out what the real deal is with it. So I hope that helped. Uh, number two, we have Pantea.mahjoub. I'm not even gonna try. Uh, my dog is very reactive when my husband is around. I wonder why he acts like that. All right, so for that one, I'm not sure if you mean that your dog is reactive towards your husband or is your dog reactive to other things when your husband is around. So we should bring Charlie up here for this one, actually. Let me see if I can grab her real quick. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Can someone grab me Charlie? So this is on the fly, I just thought of this, because we actually have a dog here. First I'll talk about if it's only when your husband is around. If it's just when your husband is around, that means for some reason that your dog is believing that it should, um, it, needs it needs to possess or protect him for whatever reason. So that could mean that he's been nurturing the dog in insecurity, or he's the one who represents a ton of excitement, so the dog's reacting. But the other side of it can be a dog who's actually, um, doing it towards the husband, if that's what you mean too. So it doesn't mean that when your husband's around, it's reactive towards your husband. We actually have a French bulldog who's just like that right now. So I have somebody grabbing this dog so we can actually see this dog. And you'll see that the dog itself is actually a little bit of a nervous dog. She might not be as nervous now because she's been here for a little bit and we've been helping building her up. Yeah, bring her. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah she's behaving a little nervous here. This is good. Hi, Charlie girl. Okay, I got it. I'll call, I'll... I'll call you for the end of this thing. Cool. Okay, come here, girl. All right. So this is Charlie. You guys see her in here? See her good? I'll put her on here and see if she goes on. Look at how she behaves. See all this, like, the back like this and the nails are all tight and stuff. She doesn't know what to do right here. Look at her, look at her. So this dog is controlling that house and, 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 Every single day that the, the husband is, arrives home from work, gets up to go to the bathroom and comes back into the room, this dog full out loses her mind and goes after the guy. So people would say, well, how do I deal with the aggression? Well, what's underneath this dog's aggression is this, this part that you're seeing. So look, it's coming up now as she becomes here, more in here. But what people, this is what we have to deal with is the, and look, barely even touching. What is that? What is that? So very sensitive to, look at that. See the, so this is one you can tell right away is physically sensitive. Someone asked me that recently, like what is physically sensitive? Charlie, come here girl. She's gonna go away. You can't go away. Yep, this is part of it. So this panic kind of behavior, I'm gonna put her down here because she's nervous on there right now. So the panic behavior about that, the, this, the panic behavior she's doing here is what the actual is the actual source of the aggression that she's having towards the husband. So what happened was they, the owner got this dog at six months old from a breeder 
and the, the breeder said that, you know, she's a good dog. She just didn't get adopted, which I don't know how truthful that actually is. It could be that she actually went to a family and then came back. Who knows what the deal is? But uh, it was a situation where the, the owner got the dog and she saw this dog first, which is like the nervous and I'm shy and I'm sensitive and I don't know what to do. So what did she do? She, my baby, it's okay. Stay with me. You know what I mean? So she did all that stuff. So the dog then says, okay, so you represent, what you represent is you're my link. You agree with my nervousness. So now let's form a pack together, right? And as this dog, the, the bulldog, by the way, started getting older, she started saying, all right, so me and you, mom, are team nervous, right? And since you've done all this nurturing thing, because a leader would never do this to me in the dog world. And a leader would never pet me and feel sorry for me and hug me and hold me and say, it's okay, baby, and all that. They would never do that. So Charlie learned from the female owner, that's, she's not a leader. So it's like, ah, that's not a leader. So since you're not the leader, me and you, who leads the two of us of our nervous little pack? And Charlie said, well, you did all the things to be a follower, so clearly I'll take the lead on this scenario. So I'll take control of everything. So now you bring in the husband or the, the boyfriend, he comes into the picture and now he's a threat, right? So now he starts going near the, the, the girlfriend and Charlie says, that can't be. I control this pack, so I need to keep you away. And then likely what happened was, was the husband, the husband or the, the boyfriend, I'm not sure what it is, but the, the, the male in the picture was probably either nervous about it or was too much with it and telling her, get away or yelling at her. So that just verified for her, you are definitely a threat that I have to go after. And then these things just snowball and it gets worse and worse and worse to the point where they need the, the, the detachment from the, the home and the dog needs to come here. And what we're working on with her is honestly building confidence. She's doing amazing, like so much better. So this dog that you're seeing right here is actually much better than the dog that we got in. The dog when she came in was, was oh my God, like who, where is it? What is all this? What's this? So she's actually a super soft dog and is reacting and using aggression out of panic, out of pure panic. So that's what's going on here. So we're actually doing, we haven't experienced any of the aggression here. Believe it or not, this dog tried to bite me numerous times at a session. The same dog, my girl Charlie, right? You tried to bite me so many times. And what I do with these dogs is, it comes back to the thoughts and stuff like that. So people say, well, yeah, but you're petting her now and she's in your space, but I don't feel sorry for her at all. So I'm treating her already as if she's a balanced, strong dog. But most people teach, treat a sensitive dog like this, like very, oh, like she's a piece of glass. And then she actually becomes like a piece of glass. So you can't even touch her. She's hidden, she, she is scared, she is. So we have a thought that that's who she is. Where my thought is, you're not that. You're a back of the pack girl for sure, but we can help you build confidence without a doubt, right? So you don't have to dig your nails into the wood there. Okay, come on here then. Very sensitive to sound and stuff. So someone walking in the hallway, so what's that, what's that? Come here girl, go back on here. See the nail? So these are things when you see a dog go on a new surface and you see the nails go in, it just, it like the, this, it shows that they're not comfortable on that surface. It's, it's very common when we see on the treadmill, dogs dig their nails in and they and then as soon as the nails start going from wide to this, it shows how they're getting more comfortable. So that's like some body language things that you can see. But the body language is after the energy. So you can feel the energy first 
and then it gets expressed through body language. So most people in the dog training world are focused on body language. Well, the tail is wagging, so he must be happy. Well, no, that's not the case. The energy, you can, you can, a dog who's wagging his tail means excitement more to me. It's just a representation of excitement, but what's the other energy that there? So that's where body language can get you messed up. It's saying, oh, dog wagging tail, he's happy as hell. I mean, go pet him. And what that dog is really saying, like, I am, I have excitement and I'm thinking about biting you, but I'm unsure about it. So come closer, whoom, and then go bite. Let go. Yeah. No more biting the husband. No more biting the husband. So my belief is who she is as a Frenchie is, is she's a Frenchie, she's a back of the pack, but we're gonna build confidence with her. So if she's gonna be in my space, I'm gonna bring her in, I'm never gonna feel sorry for her. She's gonna feel good energy and feel confident energy, feel strong energy. And then everyone around us is doing the same. So she says, well, this is what everyone else is doing. So then the power of the pack comes in and her need to fit in comes in. She says, well, to be in there, I should be more confident. And we're the ones now through leadership, I can influence her and show her, hey, no need to be scared about that. No need to be scared about this thing. No need to be scared about the other thing. Look, come on here again. Nope. So now she's like, I'm nervous. I'm just going to go back to you. Since I had her in my lap now, she says, that's my safe zone. So you'll see. This low thing will switch to feeling better in a minute. What do you think? But this is, again, a dog who people will label as aggression. Aggressive dog. Aggressive dog. She's aggressive. She's biting the husband. And this is a dog who, who a lot of times gets put in a shelter and gets euthanized. But the reality is she's scared. She's nervous. But you guys will see by the end, this dog will be great. Right, pretty? Yeah. She's good. She's going to be really good. So this is one who came in. She came in like a week or two ago. And she's here for, I think, like five or six weeks to help her with this stuff. She'll be better. There's a little bit of shaking happening here too. But most people see the shaking and they, say, they start feeling bad right away. They say, oh, we have to stop the whole drill because she's feeling bad. I'm like, why don't you just let, like her eyes are getting more, yeah, you're getting more relaxed now. So you have to let them go through this thing too. But if you go through it feeling, the rescue world, what they do when they see a dog like this, they right away bring it in. And, and people bringing a dog home from rescue, they right away bring it into their intimate space and feel sorry for. So the dog says, oh, so you're an enabler of my nervousness. Got it. So me and you, let's be nervous together. But then it traps a dog in that state, in my opinion. So someone like me would look like, be looked at as like, you're so mean because you don't feel bad for these dogs. Away from the dog, of course I feel bad for her, but that she's going through this shit or has to feel like that. But anytime wasted feeling sorry for it or petting it and you poor little thing and all that, like she's looking for an out now. Nope. So I have to do that calmly as well. Nope. But that's what she's always done. But I will then, look at the head coming up now. Remember I said it would start coming up and she wouldn't go from this. She started becoming more feeling better about herself the longer she was here. But we have to believe that she can do it. So that's what I'm saying. My thought is, no girl, you're actually a confident French bulldog. You're going to get there. You're just not there yet. The body's not expressing and it hasn't caught up to the mind just yet. But we're going to create you to be that. And she's going to be that for sure. Way more I mean, she already is. She's walks with dogs every day. She's meeting a million people. She's, you know, behaving in her kennel at night. This is just a new experience for her. Standing on a wood table in a room. Why is everybody looking at me kind of thing? And hearing people going in and out. But this is a good experience for her to go through, right, Pretty? It's hard. Like, as a human, we're almost, we have, like, we're almost hardwired to detect cuteness, by the way. And that's the thing uh, why a lot of people are failing with dogs is that, 
Can I detect and am I feeling the cuteness of this freaking Frenchie right now? Holy shit, yes. But through my understanding and wisdom of dog psychology, I understand that treating her as a cute little doggy is not gonna be helpful for her and her life. I have to treat her as a dog. I have to treat her as, and, and be there for her and be a leader for her and show her how to navigate this crazy human world and how to be here and how to live. Can't feel sorry for you, pretty. But it makes sense why we would be hardwired for cuteness, right? Because babies, puppies are cute. So if think about if like, uh, like people didn't think infants and stuff were cute. We'd be like, I don't give a shit about that kid. Get him out of my face. That wouldn't be very good for, for survival and for the growth of a species. So we're made to see them and say, oh, be very soft and gentle around them. And be, but we're doing it as a human, right? So human psychology tells us to see the little cute baby and hold them in our arms because that kid won't even be walking until like a year, year and a half or whatever it is. These, dog, these dogs are walking immediately when they come out. And by six, picture a six month old kid versus a six month old dog. I think she's like not even a year yet. So she's not even a year old, right? And now imagine a one year old kid in here. It's very different. She's already way far advanced. She's like a seven year old kid right now almost, you know? From here right now, her eyes are going like this. Like she's starting to relax, which is really good. So she's going through it. This is what people don't want the dog to go through because they feel so sorry for her. But I'm thinking about what happens after this part when the shaking goes away and the head's starting to come up more now and I'm petting her and she's not getting like this when I'm petting her. Another one for the nervous ones too is the pet underneath. Because if I pet on top, I can also look at how it brings the head down. Instead I want to bring, yeah, bring the head up and be proud, like a proud girl. Yeah, you're a big girl. That's another one, sometimes it, she has no tail, but I would bring the tail out. It's like telling a person to put your chest out a little bit more, put your shoulders back and head up and chest back. Just that physical change actually, it can influence the mind to feel more confident, it releases more testosterone in the body. Good job, girl. We'll keep her for, we'll do one more question and we'll just keep her here because she's doing so good. We'll let her go through this part. You're our assistant for, for being back on the podcast, Shaky. Uh, number three, do you ever have to deal with people who think they know more about dogs when they don't? That's a funny one. Yes, for sure. So this is like the opinionated labeling judgmental society that we live in. Like funny enough, like there was actually a, a, a comment today on one of the posts we did it was on radar too so you it's a post where radar came in going after all dogs all humans was out of his mind with reactions 100 pound german shepherd and the actual post shows at the end the dog walking super calmly with other dogs not lunging at anybody owners like almost emotionally like emotionally so happy in the growth of the dog and someone decides to come in and tell why all of Caesar Milan methods are aggressive and fear-based and don't work and I need and we need to educate ourselves and blah blah blah. So that's the fun of social media era because it's I would say that it's an extremely high probability if that person saw me or Caesar or someone working with the dogs, they wouldn't say a word to us in person when actually confronted about, hey, so what did you have to say about that? Because it's easy to put a post and hide behind a screen and say all that stuff. So I, I do a little bit of intel gathering and I'll like go see who am I talking. First of all, the assessment that I do right away is I say, is this a, is this a human who is actually open-minded and willing to learn and have a an, uh, uh, constructive conversation about dogs and stuff like that? 
Or is this someone who's just um, repeating some other thing that someone else heard through some study they don't even know it can label or don't understand the study, what the intention was behind it, and they're just repeating some negative thing and trying to discredit somebody else because they think it makes them feel better. Number one, I actually wrote in there, I said that like one thing to work on would be communication skills and persuasion because when you're communicating with somebody and someone has a certain belief system, if you go right in and tell them right away, you're wrong, you suck, you're at, you have no education, do it my way, good luck with that persuasion method. And you see it in politics on both sides, by the way. You, you see it in politics where people are screaming and yelling. They don't want to have a conversation. They scream about, screw this, screw that. I don't believe in this. I do believe in this. And then you say, so what is it that you really believe in? They, they're like, uh, when you actually go into the depth of it, they actually don't even know what they're screaming and yelling about. They're actually just being enabled to scream and yell and join another group of people who are unhappy, who are unsure of what to do and just saying, I don't know, I want to belong to a group so then they belong to a group and then they, they, they go attack something that they don't even know what it is, but at least they belong to a group, which by the way is a pack mentality. They want to join into a pack who all is like-minded. And this is again a product of social media era because think about it. This fucking, this thing on Facebook and all that stuff is made to show you and keep you on there longer. So it's made to show you things that are in similar interests of you. So if I click only on positive training, positive training, I love this, I love this, I love this, I love this. Facebook's gonna start showing you more of that stuff, more of that stuff, more of that stuff, to the point where when these people who live kind of like in their homes or don't really do much socialization or they're just hearing their own stuff, they actually start believing through their newsfeed, they're scrolling through, it's like, yeah, everyone believes the same thing as me. Everyone's the same as me. And then all of a sudden someone will send like my post and they'll say, wow, what an outsider. This guy has no idea what he's talking about. Let's attack him. And then they realize, oh wait, there's a shitload of people who actually do understand and there's two other people who have actually gotten so much benefit out of out of learning the mother nature way and learning about energy and learning about what it takes and because if people would actually take enough time to hear what we're doing they would actually understand it but if you come in with a closed mind it's closed-minded versus open-minded think about it it's just if i'm open my i am i am probably the most open-minded person you'll hear or see i actually just said to somebody to to jamie in our office i said i want you to look up like who are the most famous positive trainers and I wanna go to a workshop of theirs because I'm finding that so many of these people are saying like all this stuff, I read all about it, I watch their videos because I wanna understand it fully. And the people, the videos and things I watch, I understand what they're doing and they're understanding kind of like half-heartedly one quadrant of learning. It's like, that's not the whole thing and what is the context and let's have some common sense here and not get so stuck in this closed-minded this is this and i don't want to hear anything else it's like i hate the president so this is this or i love the president so this is this it's like the politics is like the is to me like the area i don't get involved in that shit because that's the area where people are just screaming and yell at each other and there's really not much conversation actually happening and not much growth i mean there's like people are just fighting and arguing about their beliefs and not really hearing each other and actually having a discussion. And when that happens, it's almost like, wow, like people from opposite sides actually spoke about it and they actually agreed on some shit. Oh my God. Well, that wouldn't make sense for me. And my, that wouldn't, that stuff wouldn't help me and keep me nurtured in my angry, frustrated, attacking, blaming, uh, poor me, complaining way. That's not gonna enable that. So I don't wanna do that. I just wanna attack and fight. Cause then when I, if I go back at that person with a big fight, I, I, I got what they wanted. So 
that's the main thing. Like, so I get a ton of that, you know, a ton of people who have no experience and they're just taking their information based off somebody else's work and saying that's what it is. And there's also like the, the theory that, you know, the person said something like, not so like it's not about dog trainers uh, on Facebook. It's about real dog trainers from universities. I don't even know what that means. And university studies. Well, academia. I could go do a whole podcast on what I think about that because academia told me that I'll go nowhere in my life. Uh, I am out of control. I don't know what to do. Uh, I can't focus. You'll never be successful. You'll blah blah blah. So academia told me that stuff too. So. I have a little thing with academia. I think there's amazing things about academia and studies that are being done and research. I'm in contact with vets from University of Pennsylvania, UPenn, Cornell, um, like all these places, like UC Davis. I talk to a lot of these vets and I talk to people. So I'm all about that world. But again, it's like, that would be like saying like, oh yeah, I think this way about French bulldogs or I think this way about academia. Well, who's the French bulldog? And who's the person in academia? That's what matters to me. And the other side of that is the actual real world experience, the wisdom that's created from working with tens of thousands of dogs and learning from people who have been doing it like Caesar for 40 years straight, working with all animals. I put more stock in that. I don't wanna, like the way I was, the reason I had issues with school when I, even when I, when I was in college, I graduated college was, I would have a business guy teaching me business who never really owned a business. So for me as a common sense individual, I said, why is this guy teaching me about business? He doesn't even own a business. What do you say? You agreeing with me? Good girl. Yeah, you agree? But you know what I mean? Like that, that was the common sense part of me. I was like, and I immediately like tuned myself out. I was like, I really don't want to, I don't believe in this part. But then let's just say they brought in the guy who, who owns, you know, four laundromats and built the business from scratch on his own my ears were perked up and was listening to everything that guy said. So that worked for me. But the people in academia told me my shit wouldn't work. So that's where I go with stuff. And I always like, I question everything. And I think questions are amazing to have. So if someone said, hey, I don't understand what you're doing with dogs. I want to know why you're doing this, why you're doing that. Why did you do this? Why are you letting them shake like that? Why are you letting them yawn? Well, because the yawning is telling me that they're actually having really good moments of going through it instead of just escaping into my lap. So this dog is growing just by this experience, right? But instead, someone can just judge it right away and say, well, you're making a dog shake, you teach with fear, and that's why you do it. Now, anything, the, the last thing in the world that I wanna do is create fear in this dog. I'm doing everything in my power to remove fear and gain confidence with this dog. So it may be, they may be expressed through body language through some shaking, but I, show me the person who was terrified or fearful who all of a sudden in a day, all of a sudden is better and feels better. And not going through it and actually growing to me is like just not gonna, it's just gonna be a false way of doing it. Throwing treats at this dog, they tried it. All right, here, uh, husband, throw food at the dog. Give him food, just give him food. Good luck. How did that work out? It actually increased her attacks. So it's all in context. There's a deeper level, there's a deeper level of dog psychology. And that's another thing down the road that I wanna be able to do is fund studies that are actually gonna prove the dog psychology stuff of like, Come in, test this dog's levels and stress levels when she first comes in and how she feels in certain situations. And then let's test her at the end of a boarding train and test those same stress levels. Let's see if she's more fearful as you people are claiming. Let's see if she's more nervous. Let's see if she's more aggressive or let's see, whatever it is, we can test all of it. I wanna test it and I wanna test the hell out of it. So that's why like the money thing, I hate money. I just know that if we need it to be able to fund things like this, to fund the biggest rescue in the world, to fund a dog center, to fund a ranch, to fund our place that we're going to be doing in Hoboken, a city environment one. It takes the money to do it. So 
that's what we have to do, unfortunately, right? And you're getting better every day. Yes, I know. You're doing better? You see, that's the camera over there. Doing good? We'll do one more. One more question? All right. Um, okay. How do I convince my parents to follow your instructions? They keep spoiling the dog. Yeah, it's a good one and a challenging one for sure. Um, how do I convince them? So this goes back to what we were saying about open and closed-minded, right? So one thing that I do that I actually tell the students after we do a workshop with uh, when, when they come out is these students come out, they get like just flooded with the amount of information and knowledge about dog psychology and positivity and making the world a better place and tapping into instincts and all that stuff. So I, I tell everybody to be careful when you go home to, I saw this thing like moving on here and I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> as if I just sat on it. Uh, to be careful going home and becoming like the hero dog trainer and just telling everybody how it is. So just like this person who came in the, today and came in like the hero of, I'm gonna tell everybody how it is and all of a sudden everyone's gonna listen to me. It just, it doesn't work that way. It's a very poor level of communication and persuasion. So. If someone's closed-minded, it's going to be extremely difficult to actually influence them. I'll tell you that for a fact. So that's why when I read one of those comments, I see, is this person closed-minded right away? If it's closed-minded, I just delete it. I just, I'm like, I don't have time for this. There's too many people who need help. I have, you know, 700 messages in the thing of people asking me for help who are open-minded and want to learn. I don't have time for someone who's just going to come in and talk shit and just say, say, this is how it is. And they don't even know how it is. They've owned one dog in their entire life and they think they know what dogs are. So I don't bother with that stuff, but... For let's just say a parent who's not listening, what I actually tell my clients is if a parent won't show you the respect of listening to your rules, boundaries, limitations when it comes to your dog in your home or your apartment or wherever you live, then maybe it becomes a conversation of saying, well, since you don't have the respect for me to be in the home and follow my rules in my home, I unfortunately will not be able to have you over anymore. And that's like a very tough one that people will say because they say, well, I don't want to lose the relationship with my parent. And I say, I, I understand that. And I don't think that will actually be the case. But if you have a parent who says, well, screw you and blah, blah, blah. I mean, to me, it's like, do you really want to have a relationship with that? I mean, that's just, that, it sounds like crazy advice, but that's like the worst case scenario is a parent says, screw you, I actually really don't care. Then to me, I'm like, maybe you're better off not having that parent come over and being around your dog if that's the attitude of the parent at the time. But another way to do it is, is, is the best thing you can do is lead by example. So if their parents are constantly doing, they refuse to listen, they're closed-minded, don't let them see the dog. Sounds like a crazy advice, but I really wouldn't do that. I, have, I had to do that with my parents at times where my dad's like, like a high-energy guy like me and like, likes fun, always excitement thing. And he, he'll come in and he used to get Matt, my dog Maddie. You know, you guys know Maddie. He used to get her crazy coming in. Hey, hey, what's up, girl? And all that stuff. And to the point where I had to have a serious conversation with him and tell him, dude, when you guys come in, can't be doing this thing because I have clients coming in. It's affecting the dog. She's be reacting. And if you guys are going to watch her, I need you to address her when she's barking. I need you to address her when she gets too excited. I need you to follow the same protocol that I do. If not, I, I, have, I appreciate you watching her, but I'll just have somebody else watch her. And I know how much they love her. Everybody loves, loves Maddie. So I knew that that was a strategy to get them to understand and just realize the this, this seriousness of what I was saying to gain that respect. And you got to remember also to, to, to be take it easy on parents too in a, in a way because while we're viewing them, like for myself, I'm viewing my parents. I'm a 37-year-old adult male with my own business, you know, taking care of myself. And I have an, another 
adult telling me how to do things and disregarding my rules and my house and stuff like that. But we got to remember that, that as humans, past, present, future, they have such a memory of us in the past of, hi pretty, have such a memory of us being uh, in the past young kids who they had to teach and show the world and do all that stuff. So we got to remember that part too. And maybe that's a way of, it's a communication way of building rapport in a way of saying, listen, like, I feel you, I understand where you're coming from and I understand what you're doing. Again, to that person, I understand what you're trying to do. I just think there's a better way. I, awesome, I will talk to that person all day long. But just saying like, screw you, that's not the way. Or, hey mom, you're not allowed over anymore. Without letting them understand why or validating their feelings towards it, to me is not the best approach. So my, my, my recommendation would be to have a serious conversation with them uh, and just say, like, listen, this is really affecting my dog and I feel like you guys don't have the respect that I actually am deserving of. Where are you going? And then being able to say, this is, this is the case. This is what I'm dealing with and I really need your help. I'm actually asking for your help. If you guys won't help me, then unfortunately for the time being, I can't have you around the dog and I can't have you around me and, our, and the dog because it's, it's counterproductive to what I'm trying to achieve. So that's where we're at. And I, I think that's the best way to do it. And if they are just closed mind and say, screw it, I don't wanna, I don't care what you say and I'll pet that dog. What do you know about dogs and stuff like that? I'd say, I understand. This is again, being able to say calm, confident in the face of confrontation and in the face of tension, disrespect, all those things. That's an outside stimulus causing that. So how we behave and react to that is what matters more than what that person's saying. So we handle it in a calm, confident way, which is, I understand your opinion. I get what you're saying, but for the time being, let's just hold off on having you guys come over. And then they're gonna give you, oh, wow, I can't believe you're being like this. Well, it's, it's, I'm not being like anything. You're the one who's being disrespectful to me and my home and my dog. So once you can understand and respect me as a person, then I'll be happy to have you around the dog under the rules that I have in place. It's a really good way to do it. And you have to be okay with them saying, screw you, I'm not coming over anymore then. That's fine. Because you don't want, to me, I wouldn't want that. I don't care if it's like my mom, my dad, my brother. I don't want that energy around me. I would love to help that person away from that scenario to get over why are, why are they having such pain and why are they struggling so much to come with such you know, anger or disrespect. It's, it's yeah, challenging stuff. But parents are always the hardest ones. I always tell people, how do I get my parents to do this? Uh, I'm like, go talk to a human psychologist. That's the best one. But that's what I've done and that's what I recommend. You know what I mean? Because if you're gonna be the leader, you gotta be the leader of your home. It's not the leader of your dog in your home. Oh, but then my parents come and like all the rules change. And then the dog gets confused. It's like, why? So when these people come over, we do it. But then and now another, the mailman comes by and I get excited and lunge at the door because I always do that when mom and dad come over. So that's why, to me, it's more important the dog and your relationship with the dog and the overall thing than your parents coming over and wanting to just pet your dog and just give it affection. But notice how, by the way, the amount of time we've had her here, she's more moving around now, she's smelling things, she's exploring. The first thing we saw was right away was the flight. I'm gonna jump off, I'm gonna jump off. First was like actually like a more of avoidance, like freeze thing, was like, where am I, what am I doing? And then she said, I gotta get out of here. Let me jump and get out of this place. But now look at the nose going, can you see it? You can probably see it on the camera too. She's smelling and the head's coming up and she's feeling better about herself. That touch got her a little nervous. What do you think? We have one more extra question from the dog whisperer son. <laughs> oh, Andre or Calvin? From Andre. Mama. Andre. How did you get so swole, <laughs> aka buff, 
Does it affect the attitude of the dogs? What an idiot. <laughs> so that's Caesar's son, Andre. We, we all have a great relationship. Like, I have such a good relationship with Caesar. We, we always joke. And, like, one of the things we love to do is keep things lighthearted and, like, tease each other. But it's all in good fun. And we just, like, love to laugh and have a good time. It just promotes positivity. And it's funny. Like, I remember when Caesar's new uh, social media guy, Peter, if you're watching, I remember he came on. He was, like, he's, like, he said something, like, Caesar's, Caesar gets on me at times and stuff like that. Like, with the teasing and stuff. I said, that's really actually good news because it means he likes you, dude. It's a good thing. It's, like, how the guys kind of tease each other and stuff like that. Um... But how did I get so swole, Andre, was, and I'm not swole, I'm not jacked in any way or in great shape. I'm actually working on that. But I mean, it's, it's been an ongoing health journey of mine, but get in the gym, lift weights, commit to five days a week, get some cardio in, eat healthy, practice, do some intermittent fasting, uh, learn about your gut, learn about probiotics, learn about what foods are sensitive to you and what foods are not. If someone says gluten-free, it's like, well, maybe for them, but may not be for you. Or someone says vegan, maybe for them, but not for you. Or someone, you know what I mean? So you have to find out individually, just like we work with dogs individually and what works for them individually, I think your health and your workouts and your nutrition and how you eat is all individual as well. We all come from, we're, I mean, we all come from, my family comes from an immigrant family. We all come from different parts of the world and this is a melting pot. America's a melting pot. So we, our ancestors ate my answer is definitely ate a different way than Adam's ancestors ate, you know, in Mexico, mine in Italy and Switzerland, like they ate differently. They just ate differently. They did different things. They grew up in a different environment, different air, different soil, different everything. So I think it's a matter of figuring out what foods work for your, yourself, understanding your gut, um, and just really just getting your workouts in, just getting workouts in and committing, do the 66 day thing. You know what I mean? Just say, I'm going to work. I'm just going to do some form of exercise for 66 days every day, even if it's for five minutes. I'm going to do jumping jacks for five minutes. You got something in. And we, I do a ton of walking. The amount of walking we do here is like the guys laugh, the, the guys who work here, they do their miles like 32,700 steps today. It's like, holy shit. Like we're walking miles upon miles upon miles. And I think walking is so underrated as exercise. I think it's one of the most healthy things that we can do. And I think it's actually an instinctual need of a human to walk because we did tons of walking and migrating, including what dogs did. So what better way than me to join with a dog and say, hey, let's fulfill both of the need of what we have and let's go for a nice long journey together, which I'll lead and you'll follow calmly and enjoy and we'll have a great relationship doing it. So day one down of 66, 65 to go. We got one down, but we're going to do this every day. We are committed to it and it is what it is. We're going to talk, I'll talk about, I think it'll be good to talk about the 66 day journey as we go too and saying today I really didn't want to do it but I'm fighting it I got conscious mind understanding some kind of and we can go through that whole thing um we'll bring more dogs on too because people said about dogs and you got to see right here in the last whatever it's been like 20 minutes or something her switching from look so curious and like what's up here the shaking has gone away she's more like what the hell is the deal here so you're actually seeing her build confidence and I'm actually going to keep her on here and do a little bit more with her after this to make sure she's feels good so it's not it's not how it starts and how it finishes so same thing with the podcast. It's not how it starts, it's how it finishes. And I think we're going to finish on a good note today and start day one of 66 and more. Hope you guys are getting value out of it. Give me the feedbacks. Let me know in the comments. Ask your questions. Look on Instagram uh, stories for the questions or the question box. Anything. Ask me about my things personally. Ask me about you know, dogs, ask me about college, playing sports, like whatever you guys want to know about me or dogs or life or things that I've studied or what my resources are, what I do in a day, anything. 
I want to, I want to be, I wanted to get you to know you guys and I want you guys to know me like the real true authentic side. And the last thing I want to say, Adam's telling me to wrap it up, but the last thing I wanted to say was someone asked me about the cursing thing. And just to, to clear the air on that, listen, I'm a, I grew up in New York area. I'm a, I grew up playing sports and baseball and hockey. There's a lot of cursing that goes on there. I grew up in the construction industry, which is a freaking sewer mouth industry of, of, of cursing and stuff like that. And it's just who I am. It's my authentic self. Like when something comes to my mind and I'm like, I'm like, I don't think of like, I care about this dog. I'm like, I care about this fucking dog a lot. Like that's what comes to me and that's what's feeling in me. And that's how it's being expressed. So I understand that language can rub people the wrong way, but I just made the decision that I'm going to give you guys a hundred percent of who I truly am and not be trying to filter my language to give you 80% or a little bit of a faker version of me. I am fully aware of the ramifications of people. I'll probably have less followers. I'll probably get less comments, probably get less sponsorships and likes. That's fine. It means more to me to be authentic and a hundred percent than to give you guys the fake version. These guys appreciate it too. Don't you Charlie girl? You have a good good podcast. This is your first podcast. One of 66. We're going to show you on here more often. Frenchie. <laughs> All right, guys. Have an amazing day. Stay tuned for more podcasts. Ask your questions. Love you guys. Be good. See you guys soon.